Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So firstly, I just want to begin once again by saying thank you to every single one of you who have taken time out of your day to try and listen to our episodes. I hope you find them inspiring and motivating, and I hope they at least add some level of information or tangible actions and steps that you can incorporate in your life. Now, moving on to today's episode, again, this is somebody who I think is perfect for this show. It's somebody who's struggled to almost find her voice and somebody who has suffered with some level of adversity, but also in terms of just sharing her story up until today. She's found her voice and alongside that, she's also in a position now where she wants to have a positive impact on people who are perhaps going through similar situations. So this is a fantastic story with Kelly who suffered with homelessness and quite a few other ups and downs as well in her life. But more importantly, what I really loved about this story was how it kind of segued into human qualities. And we end up speaking a lot about kindness. Now, I'm not sure about you guys listening, but I personally think kindness is one of the number one attributes that we should all, well, we should be born with really, but I suppose some of us can perhaps learn to be more kind. But I think if we all had that in the back of our heads in all our day-to-day actions, I think the world would just be a better place. So without further ado, let's get this episode on its way. So firstly, I just want to welcome Kelly to the show today and I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. So Kelly, how are you doing today? Yeah, well, good, Aaron. Thanks thanks so much for having me on. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So um, Kelly and myself, actually, we both had a couple of drinks uh, over the weekend. <laughs> I had mine 48 hours before and you can probably still hear it in my voice. But uh, Kelly obviously sounds much better than myself. So it's great to have you finally here. We have had to rearrange a few times. All my fault. Oh, that's all right. Well, I'm just glad that you're here today because I think your story is going to be very inspiring for a lot of people. And I think to get it started, basically, what we can do is, if you wouldn't mind, is just give the listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your journey, your story, and what basically brings you on the show, Find Your Voice today. Right, okay. Well, first of all, um, this absolutely terrifies me. But um, the reason I'm on here today is I am using my story of when I was homeless, um, when I found myself homeless at 16, to raise awareness and money to support a local charity mm-hmm. um, that goes a long way to um, helping the poverty and homelessness situation in Milton Keynes. Um, I'm quite a private person, really, uh, but sometimes you just have to use what you've got in order to, to get results. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my my journey starts really in Nedjuair, um, which is where I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born into you know quite a loving family, um, but my dad was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. um, and we went through some some troubling times. But the most of what I remember as um, as a youngster really was my my mum and her strength. Mm-hmm. Um, not not too much about my my real dad. 
Um, we, I have a, another sister and a brother who's disabled. Mum had a lot on her plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spent a lot of time, well, I spent a lot of time kind of being ferried about between my nan's house and my mum's house, um, kind of having two homes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, eventually mum kicked dad out for the, for the final time <laughs> and we, and we moved quite a few miles away. So we moved up to Newport Pagnell, um, which is just on the outskirts of Milton Keynes. Um, that stage of my life was, well, it was interesting. I felt really ostracized, um, out of place and different from everybody. I, I'd grown up in, in, in London um, or in North London. Um, I felt a bit rough. I felt like so rough around the edges and all my new friends had pretty long blonde hair and there was me with like brown spiky hair and a bit of an angle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I felt quite different. Um, but nevertheless, we, we kind of made it, you know, we made it, um, we made it through really, my mum, my sister and I, um, just by keeping quite tight. Um but then, but then things started to change, and I don't know, you know, what what your experience of as being a teenager, but actually, with the hormones and changes and friend groups and you know expectations and all all different stuff comes into your life, and at that point, um, I kind of started to break away from my family. Um, my sister had moved out, and she was she was my rock. Um, my mum had a, a new boyfriend, um, soon to be married. They had a new baby, um, and everything kind of changed for me. And instead of dealing with it, I at thirteen I, I found raves, and I started going out raving instead. Right. Um, so that was really the point in my life where um, you know I started to party a bit too hard and a bit too young. Um, and it was at a point when I think it was like 93, maybe a little, no, not 93, sorry, a little bit later when my, my sister was a couple of years old, then an incident happened where I thought, I thought that I might have, um, have really hurt my little sister and I, and I freaked out. Um, and instead of once again, dealing with it and talking to my family, Mm. I just ran away. Um, and I ran away from home. Nobody knew where I was. Um, I didn't know. I didn't quite understand it myself. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I had to escape. So I ended up sleeping in hostels under a bridge one night, and it was uh, it was pretty terrifying. It was pretty terrifying. Wow. I don't even know to start with that. There's there's so many things that I want to pull out from your story there. If we just quickly go on to the last bit that you mentioned, so you were sleeping in hostels, you were sleeping under bridges. How long did this period last for? Well, if I'm honest, Darren, I don't, I can't quite remember. Okay. Um, it's going to be a, like a couple of weeks where I was, I had literally nothing, no home, no nothing. Mm-hmm. I was surviving by, as I say, going to the hostel. They'd give me a cup of tea. And a biscuit in the, of, of the evening, I, I remember. Then I had to go and sleep in these dormitories, and they had like plastic sheets on the bed. And you know, I was 16 years old. Mm. I was only 16 years old. Um, I was. I actually ran away from home for about six months. Mm. Went back 
tried living at home and then ran away again because I'd obviously ostracised myself at that point quite drastically. But the period of, of actually like being entirely homeless was probably a few weeks. Like food stamps, going yeah. to the church, eating lunch. Uh, oh, it's, it's lonely. It's so lonely. Wow. I mean, I can only imagine. I've heard, I've heard stories, and we have been very fortunate to have had somebody who's suffered with homelessness on this show earlier uh, when we first started. And it's even the way you're describing it now, it, it almost sounds horrific. I mean, even at home, in, in my own comfort of my own home, when when the heating's low, you feel that straight away. So to imagine yeah. as a very young teenager, 16 year old, having to cope with that. But one of the things that I found prevalent from your story and a couple of times you mentioned it was whenever something was going wrong you were almost running away as opposed to kind of facing your fear yeah and and the reason I want to point point that out just for the audience as well because obviously we've spoken offline as well and you coming on this show has has taken immense courage so I fully appreciate and I'm very grateful you're sharing this story because I know what it's like to have anxiety to have shyness to Mm. kind of find your voice if we use the cliche and I'm very grateful that you're in a position now obviously wiser from the experience and everything that you've been through to now use your voice to do the great things like you mentioned uh, the local charity that you're now working with in Milton Keynes which is fantastic because I'm sure that's going to help people who may be in a similar situation to yourself on that note though are you finding if for instance you went through some adversity today are you still doing the whole fight or flight thing? And are you able to kind of stay there and fight or are you still seeing yourself fleeing from the situation? My my natural state is is to walk away. Okay. Absolutely is to walk away. And I sometimes that's a that's a strength. Sometimes, mm. you know, not fighting is um is a, well, it's always a good thing not to fight. But at the same time, sometimes when you're going through situations, mm. um you you and especially when you're young you need somebody to help you face those problems um and i don't think i had the support structure around me at that time um to help me do that and and learn those skills potentially i think that the the point of why i want to share my story um is that my life wasn't awful for me it really Mm. wasn't you know, I, I was probably a grumpy teenager, probably a little bit jealous that this new fella had moved into my house and there was a baby and, you know, not the attention wasn't on me. And it sounds really daft, but, you know, I was a normal child. I didn't get into too much trouble apart from going raving. <laughs> I didn't get into too much trouble, but this still happened. It was I was still on the streets mm. and it can happen to anyone at any point in their life. And I think it's important for everybody to recognise that homelessness doesn't just happen to drug addicts. You know, it doesn't happen to people that you you think it happens to. It happens to anybody. Absolutely. I I think you just you've said a very important point there. So we're always one decision away from being the situation that you were there. So I would never see someone homeless, whether they're drinking or whatever they're doing, as somebody who is a druggie or somebody who's got an alcohol problem. I would just see somebody who's probably just made that one bad choice and then as a spiral has seen themselves in that in that predicament or in that situation yeah. so I think that's that's a really really useful point and you also 
obviously you've got the self-awareness now and that probably comes through life and experience that you're a confused teenager you've seen an alcoholic father and I know the impact that alcohol can have on families especially up to that extent you've then finally moved away from that situation only for then your sister to leave you and then all of a sudden your mum's found a new fella like you said got a new baby then all of a sudden you're kind of feeling almost lost and like you said jealous and I think that's that's probably something that we'd all be lying if we said we never felt jealousy at some stage you know well, I've had... a bit of honesty Aaron <laughs> absolutely absolutely I mean I had um, my younger brother was probably nine years younger and probably don't remember the exact days but I'm sure there were moments when he's probably getting all the attention and I'm jumping around thinking hey what about me what about me yeah. over here um, and then again it, it comes down to your circle so the one thing I say I was very fortunate with is uh, my parents sent me to a grammar school not by choice but it's very rare at least growing up for myself to have grammar school students who were going to do crazy things on the night out I mean the most <laughs> exciting thing we ever did was uh, revise for exams or put oh, a bit of ex- no. <laughs> yeah absolutely or do a bit of extra studying so I suppose although at that time I hated it, it it's probably kept me from uh, doing crazy things because I was very easily influenced as a kid so I'm very very fortunate for that but I just think it's nice of you now to be in this position where obviously you've you've learned a lot and you said something else that I thought was brilliant it was sometimes it's a strength to obviously walk away yeah and just to counter that as well sometimes we have to fight as well and sometimes we have to also realize that any adversity we get through life if we can just hold on and maybe persevere through that it, it becomes a brilliant gift and it becomes something that will make you so much more resilient to life because whether you admit it now or notice it just those few years that you've you've lived on the streets and the experiences that you've overcame it makes you such a stronger person yeah definitely i think also it, when you when you look at things like business you they, they say fail fast mm-hmm. um so sometimes walking away is the is the best thing you can do but sometimes you just need to stick out for that one minute more mm-hmm. to get the results that you want and that happens in both life and business absolutely um, i could have stayed at home at that point when i thought i'd hurt my sister and faced it and I could have just stayed living in a you know in a, in a loving environment I don't know what my life would have been like if I'd done that um you know instead of wandering around the streets not knowing because <laughs> this is back in 1996 Aaron I didn't have a mobile <laughs> phone there yeah. was no wow. I didn't even watch I didn't know what what the time was mm. even um That's so crazy. yeah so to be walking around the streets at that point in my life is it's a bit silly. At the same time, from a selfish perspective, if you had stayed in that loving environment and not gone into this homeless world, you wouldn't be on our show today to share your story and also yeah. to kind of inspire other people. Because like you said, there's so many other people out there making probably the same decisions as yourself. And if we can just make them maybe think twice or maybe understand why they're doing it. Because as a teenager, sometimes we, just, we don't even know why we do the things that we do. So um, I think that's really important. Okay, fantastic. So you've touched on business towards the end of that. And you said, obviously, there's times where we need to just try that one more time or there are times Mm. where we need to move away. What's a day like for you now? Obviously, (laughs) I'm I'm hoping it's not under bridges and it's not in shelters. (laughs) So what's a day in the life like of Kelly? I can say that I'm in a a lovely, warm uh, loving home again now um i have two children so they're both teenagers um 14 and very soon to be 16 mm-hmm. um and i'm with my fiance and we're getting married next year but congratulations thank you very much um routine for me freaks me out i i the word routine 
like okay. petrifies me. <laughs> so as much as I probably do have one, I try not to think about it too much. I don't even like the fact that my diary tells me what to do. Mm-hmm. So I can be quite stubborn. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm quite creative. I like um, I like making stuff up. I like doing what I need to do at the time and going with my feeling. And um, so, yeah, the word routine freaks me out. Does it bring out your rebellious side where you think, it does. No, I just don't want to do it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay. I just say, I don't want to do that right now. I want to do something else. Um, but I'm sure I have one. I mean, I always have a cup of coffee in the first thing in the morning. Okay. But after that, it's what I need to get done rather than what I should, like, what I don't set a routine for myself. Understood. And what, what do you do for uh, work and business now? Uh, so I do, uh, or I am a marketing coach. So I coach small businesses on marketing um, and I work for a couple of law firms as well um, on their brand and marketing. Fantastic. That'll be useful for the audience as well, listening. Okay, brilliant. So we've obviously touched on probably your biggest adversity now in life in terms of a confused teenager, finding herself homeless, in a place where we wouldn't probably wish anyone to be. In that actual moment, sleeping rough and not knowing where your next meal is coming from or not knowing what the time was as, as you said what's the biggest lessons that you've learned in that experience that you can share with the audience ask for help ask for help yeah I think that's one of the things I didn't do I didn't know how to ask for help um I remember one day as going into the hostel mm-hmm. um and I, <laughs> the person who was there, the night support person, turned out to be my mom, my one of my school friends' mums. Wow. Um, and I, I mean, I would have thought that I would have been so embarrassed, like cripplingly embarrassed. But do you know what? I wasn't embarrassed. I was grateful just to see a face that I recognised. Mm. And I think if I look back on my time, I could have just said to her, I need help. Mm. You know, get mm. me back to my family. I need, I need something to help me, and I, and I didn't. Mm. And so, at that point, then, although you were running away from it, you still wanted to come home. It wasn't a kind of a matter of you wanted to get away from that situation. You were just, it was almost like a cry for help. Would you say? Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. I was just, I was so terrified that I'd hurt my sister. At this point in my life, I didn't know for sure whether she was hurt or not. It turns out that she wasn't. Mm. Um, it turns out that what I had going on in my head was completely made up um, mm. and and she was absolutely fine um, but I was just so scared that I'd done something wrong about her and I had to that's why I ran away wow and that in itself is a lesson I think for everyone and something that I've probably experienced more times than most is that we sometimes overthink things and we think this person is thinking this of us or this person has gone through this when really all we need to do is literally ask them the question is everything all right have I done something wrong or have yeah, you taken- and also owning it and I think this is something that I've um really kind of got to grips on during my adult life I mean I'm nearly 40 now mm-hmm. um so just owning your problems yes you make a mistake that's okay we all make mistakes it's okay you know, some mistakes are worse than others, but you've got to own it. You've got to take responsibility for it. And then you have to either, you know, resolve it or move forward. You can't let your mistakes keep you um, in the in the past. Mm, I think that's a brilliant point. Yeah, absolutely. Take accountability for what you have. And I think yeah. the more accountability you can take for your mistakes, providing that you learn from them and you don't keep 
repeating the same ones. It actually gives you a sense of power. And, and I suppose people will look at you in a different way. You'll look at yourself in a different way because otherwise you're effectively, you're just passing the power over to someone else and, you, and you're yeah. almost afraid to take that. So I think that's, that's a brilliant. Yeah, that's exactly it. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so things are going well for you now, which is lovely to hear. You've got <laughs> uh, you've got a soon to be a sixteen year old and a fourteen year old, and you're getting married next year. So great news for that, and I hope everything goes. Yeah, absolutely. I hope everything goes amazing for that. But I want to ask you, what's your biggest fear then, right now? <laughs> um, octopuses. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Really, I can't. Look, I can't stand okay. octopuses. I think they're way too clever, and and I think they're aliens. But if you put them, <laughs> if you put them aside, yeah. um, I think it's, it's my children. Um, if when my children grow up, I don't want them to reflect on it and say you could have done better for us. Mm. Um, I I just want to make sure that they're happy, secure, um, that they are inspired, that they are grounded um you know and, and above all i think kind kindness that they that they take kindness in through their life um Absolutely. and i think that's that's my biggest fear and my biggest challenge i'm sure you're doing a, a wonderful job up on that and i think kindness is it's probably the number one thing my mom ever taught me and i'm very very grateful for that and i think i'm sure you're doing exactly the same th- so there's probably nothing to worry about but the, the thing we probably should worry about is octopuses thinking <laughs> <laughs> thinking ahead now you haven't booked a honeymoon have you anywhere close to like the ocean or anything no we are the wedding is going to take place right in up at the top of the alps so we're okay. Quite so you're nice and safe from any octopi <laughs> <laughs> fantastic okay i was not expecting that answer i've never heard anyone say that have you actually uh seen octopuses they or unscrew jars Aaron. you know <laughs> they can walk on land but, but isn't that isn't that a good thing because then they can help you out in the kitchen no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Point taken, point taken. Well, at least you're in, um, you said the Alps, did you? Yeah. yeah that's Brilliant, Kelly. Well I, well, I wish you all the best for next year as well with that Thank and um, looking forward to following your journey. So you're doing marketing now and yep. you definitely sound like you're in a much better place in terms of your mindset and your ability to reflect on everything that's going on in your life. What's mm. your biggest sense of motivation and inspiration on a day-to-day basis other than your kids? Because I know you're going to probably say your kids is your first answer. So let's choose a different answer. Actually, I wasn't. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I was going to say my nan. My nan has been one of the biggest, most, uh, uh, biggest and most inspiring figures in my life. She's mm-hmm. not with us anymore. Sorry to hear that. And she she passed away five years ago in June. Um, but I still hear her every day, every choice I make, every night uh, I'm starting to well up thinking about her. But she was so inspiring. Um, the way that she handled herself, other people, the, her tenacity, setting up businesses, Everything about her was it was amazing. Without trying to put her on a pedestal, mm. she was simply the best person I've ever known. <laughs> I love that. Um, so she inspires me and motivates me every single day. That's brilliant. I love it. Um, I was going to say I'm I'm very sorry to hear that, but it's it's a lovely message that you said how you still hear her and mm. you take that. And I'm sure she's probably looking down at whatever you believe in in terms of God, spirituality, or something. But I'm sure she's looking down and she's very very proud of you. In yeah. this moment. Yeah, absolutely. But she'd also be tutting at me going, Girl, cow. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Which is fine. It's a barometer in my head. I think if she approves of it, then I'm I'm happy. If I absolutely. think she wouldn't, 
not so much. It's probably a brilliant way to almost act out your days because you're almost thinking you would never want to let her down. And obviously you want her name to be remembered in a nice way. So your actions and everything that you do in the world, I mean, I know we're all our own people, but I think you're almost living for her as well. If that makes yeah, sense. Sure. So yeah, I, th- I think that, I think that's a beautiful message. Okay, brilliant, Kelly. So we are actually moving along very quickly today, and we're actually at the fun part of the show. So this is the bit where I think you were a little bit anxious about because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be asking you all sorts of very very easy questions. But I suppose when when the time is on, it, it can get a little bit overwhelming. But I'm sure you're going to be fine. Yeah, and I'm not... massively indecisive. <laughs> right. Okay. So. <laughs> I'll take that back then we might have a bit of a struggle here but um let's let's see how we get on we're going to do probably 60 to 90 seconds of um just very well I was going to say easy but let's see how it goes are you ready let's see how it goes all right brilliant okay we're going to go in three two one okay what did you eat for breakfast um I haven't eaten today if you could relive one day again what day would it be oh crikey that's a hard one um Ah, I have two children. That's really tough. I think the first time I ever held my my baby in my arms, so I would re- relive that day again. The first time I ever held my baby in the arms. I love it. The ability to fly or be invisible. Invisible was sneaky, but I think <laughs> yeah. I'd like, but I think I'd like the feeling of flying. So flying. Who do you admire most in the world? Um, it's still my nan. Money or fame? Um, money. Your proudest moment? I don't know. I don't know. I, can I pass? I just don't know. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. Okay, your favourite food? My favourite food is cheese. Good good choice, (laughs) good choice. (laughs) Okay, speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? Ah, how can you choose? Languages, I guess. Languages. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? (laughs) Um, Trump. Trump? (laughs) Good answer. Okay. What song best describes your life? What song best describes me? Um, I I don't know titles. I could probably hum it too. (laughs) You're you're welcome to sing it if you want. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Nope, I can't think of one. Okay, we'll pass. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Um, On the sofa with my fella. Netflix or YouTube? Uh, Netflix. Your favourite TV show ever? Friends. I think that's a pretty consistent one. I was going to say, yeah, I I think that's the most popular answer I've had. Okay. Would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? How? Your worst fear as a child? Probably octopuses. (laughs) They still keep coming back. (laughs) Okay. What is your biggest addiction? Uh, Coffee. Your favourite place in the world? I would would say at home with my family, but I also have a particular fondness for Byron Bay in Australia. I, I love it. That place was amazing. Okay, read minds or predict the future? Read minds. Your favourite superhero? I fucking, oh my god, what's his name? Iron Man. <laughs> I could not think of his name. Iron Man for sure. Good choice. And finally, your biggest strength? Kindness. Love it, love it. See, that wasn't too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, my Kelly. My was a sweating error and that's Oh, like, bless oh. you, bless you. Well, actually, you're, you're the first person to ever pass on an answer though. But but yeah, don't worry. The beautiful thing with podcasting is I can edit it out. Yeah, but but it's a fight or flight. Flight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You walked away. (laughs) So it's fine. (laughs) Okay, brilliant. So Kelly, the next thing I want to ask you actually then is it's about reflection. So as we've spoken about briefly at the beginning of this episode, hindsight's a wonderful thing and it, it can teach us a lot. It can teach us 
how to get to places quicker, easier, or with less heartache. But I'm a firm, firm believer that the journey also teaches us a lot. And sometimes we have to go through these circumstances and the trials and tribulations. So knowing exactly what you know now with all of your knowledge and experience, if you could go back and we're going to take you back now to your teenage years, which I think is relevant to this story. Knowing exactly what you know now, what would you whisper in the ears of a young Kelly? Um, what would I whisper? I think be brave um be brave and, and and be brave and what's the what's the words i'm looking for tackle your problems mm. um like deal yeah deal with your problems don't run away from them i love that that's fine is that a kind of a message as well that you'd always try and teach your your kids as well yeah i don't know how successful i am in doing that yes <laughs> okay <laughs> i think that parenting is an experiment mm, it <laughs> this is, is my yeah. philosophy on parenting so firstly whatever works um, and secondly, I've got no idea how they're going to turn out. So when they're about 25, ask me that question again and we'll see if it works. Okay, fantastic. We'll get you back on the show. Definitely yeah. for that one. Brilliant. Okay. So sadly, that actually brings us to the last question of the day. And um, the last question I always ask my guests, it's about legacy. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save us all and all that exists is a book. And this book is about Kelly. And it tells us all the weird and wonderful things that you've done in life, all the things you've achieved, and all your ups and downs. Firstly, what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the blurb at the back tell us about Kelly? So, I, it's a hard one, and I've been thinking about this. But at the same time, I remember having a conversation with my best friend a few years ago um, uh, about this particular topic. And I think that my book would be called She's Just a Normal Girl. Because even though... like. I've gone through quite a lot in my time when I the stories that I could tell you about being homeless would be would be quite shocking mm. um the people that I've met along the way the the trouble that I could have got into the trouble that I did get into all of that but I'm just I'm just a normal girl like there is no different to me than anyone else um so I think that would be the title she's just a normal girl and with regards to the blurb on on the back um I would hope the people that read my story um, would say that even though even when times are tough, she still believed that kindness was her superpower and that's what got her through. Mm. I love that. I love it. I think spreading kindness is probably probably the best thing we could all teach each other and we could all really? we could all learn from. Absolutely. I mean just being just being kind. I actually wrote a post, funnily enough, about three hours ago on Facebook and it was it was one of my first few things that I wrote in there because it costs nothing to be kind and um, there's actually a few influencers now out there who are actually using the whole kindness thing as a sort of as like a buzzword but really should it just be something that's instilled in all of us at, well, from day, from day one exactly it I was mm. I've once I've written um, my LinkedIn profile bio actually goes through all of my core values mm. so independence adventure curiosity connection strength and growth um and then at the end of it, it says, well, what about kindness? Mm. Um, and the way that I address it is it should just come as standard. Absolutely. You know, it shouldn't have to be someone's core value. It should actually just be lived. That's what we should do. We shouldn't have to learn it. <laughs> do, no. do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's funny. But I don't know. I suppose 
we're also in a society where we're, we're almost firefighting on a daily basis and we're, there's people competing with each other. There's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of scarcity mindset that I, I tend to find as well, especially mm. when I started my like, entrepreneurial journeys and went into different fields. And it's only recently now I've started to get myself a very good network of people who just want yep. the best for you. And yep. when you start living in abundance and realizing that the more people you can connect with, the more people you can help and more people you can be kind to, you just you just spread something that's infectious. And yeah. and being kind without wanting it back. I think the art 100%. of giving without receiving is, um, you know, people need to learn that a lot more. Give without wanting to receive. Absolutely. Without expectations. I, yeah. I fully agree. It's funny you just said that as well, because... I uh, I was meeting a developer and I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here but um, we, we were speaking about this and I was saying that's kind of my philosophy it's the way again I, I, I say it again my mum's always taught me just give but never expect nothing back because one you'll probably be disappointed but two if, yeah. you're give, if you're giving someone something you're giving it them because maybe they're not in a position to necessarily help you back so it's almost silly to to expect them to be able to help you back if that makes sense mm-hmm. so when you give something and you try and be kind and you try and lift somebody up just do that and just just be nice about it but don't expect them to help you when they can barely help themselves if that kind of makes sense yeah, and um, I've always just seen it that way so I've been very fortunate people have now started to help me up in my business and at the same time I'd always try and reciprocate that with other people as well so I think um, I think Kelly that's a beautiful message and on that actually I'd love it if you could not only share your LinkedIn profile for, for the guests but also where else you'd feel comfortable with people reaching out to you if you wouldn't mind maybe after this show because I think you're more than just a normal person how, how you described yourself on the front of the book it's, it's it's been a lovely conversation with you I'm glad you're almost finding your voice and I know we spoke about this previously on Facebook yeah. very briefly and it's got a lot to teach people you've got a lot that they can learn from you and I just think you, this has been a lovely chat so I really appreciate you for that and I'd love to put all your reachable social media outlets onto my show notes if that's okay yeah that'd be fine um I think the the, the if it's in business the one place that I would like people to go to is I've got a, a Facebook group okay um so it's called one man brand um but the the point of it isn't um isn't just about you know having my group it's mm-hmm. about having a hive mind so it's about bringing your skills and your expertise and helping other people within the group um so if you're an accountant what what information can you give to other people that was going to help them um and show that you're an expert in your field as well so that's that's what i'm trying to achieve so anyone in that relation can go there fantastic i think that's brilliant i think that's something that literally every single person listening to can probably join on to because we have to acknowledge it but we all probably excel in certain areas more than others and I think it's about recognizing that so I think that's brilliant that hive mind thing are you happy with people contacting you on Facebook or should we just keep it to the Facebook group for now yeah I'm I'm open I network and speak to anyone that wants to (laughs) anyone that wants to speak back yeah (laughs) Yeah. brilliant again I want to just thank you one more time for coming on for overcoming your fears it's been fantastic to hear about your story. It's been very inspiring as well. And also, I want to thank the listeners at home. Thanks for listening. Thanks. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.